Hello, and welcome to the City of Roseville podcast, Connections. I'm Megan McPherson, Public Affairs Director for the City of Roseville. This episode is part of the Engage Roseville effort. Engage Roseville is a community effort to prioritize city services and develop options to align service levels with revenue. Similar to most cities in California, Roseville is facing budget gaps in coming years due to flattening revenues and increasing costs. Roseville is being proactive about asking for community input to prioritize the services it provides to the community. We're focusing on the following five general fund departments, public works, police, fire, parks, recreation, and libraries, and development services. And this episode focuses on parks, recreation, and libraries. Roseville's Park Recreation and Libraries Department is often referred to as our community's quality of life department. With me today is Parks Recreation and Libraries Director Dion Lauthen. He's here to discuss the services the department provides in our community. We'll also talk about how these services are funded and which of those services are discretionary. Dion moved to Roseville in 2016 after five years in Salina, Kansas, and 15 years in Henderson, Nevada before that. In his career, Dion's overseen $100 million of development, including 50 parks and many public-private partnerships. He served as a board member of the National Youth Sports Alliance and holds a professional certification in the field of parks and recreation. Dion oversees the day-to-day operations of all divisions of the Parks, Recreation, and Libraries Department. Welcome, Dion. You moved here two years ago from Kansas, and what attracted you to Roseville? I think the thing that stood out to us the most was just how dynamic and vibrant the community is. When you looked at all the different uh, elements that go into quality of life that you mentioned earlier, you talk about great public safety, you talk about great roadways, you talk about great education, you talk about the great parks, recreation, and libraries, amenities. You add all those up, and it's just a fantastic place to raise your family and be a part of, and we were very excited to have the opportunity to move here. And the weather can't be beat. You talk about that a little bit, and it's funny because uh, I think one thing that stuck out too is the residents here and the sense of community that they do have. I know when going through the interview process and some of that, it was very apparent how, how much folks cared about their community and the pride that they had in their community. And that spoke a lot to me at the time. Uh, it didn't hurt my feelings either that I could retire my snow shovel and not have to use that anymore as it doesn't uh, dump I the bet. white stuff here. I bet. I bet. That's a good feeling for many people who move here. You're often called the quality of life department, and your department has responsibilities for a range of services far beyond what its name implies. What kinds of services does Roseville Parks Recreation and Libraries provide? Well, and I think when you look at our mission, vision, and values, uh, all of those things relate to quality of life. So that's really what we're about is trying to create experiences. I look back to my own childhood and finally remember a lot of times my mom taking me to the park, getting on the swing set uh, every Sunday and enjoying that. But the point being is that I remember that. We're trying to create experiences for uh, our community members and folks to remember as well. So that's what we do. When you talk about what we offer, we have parks ranging from large regional parks to smaller pocket parks and everything in between. We have recreation facilities. We offer a variety of programs and events as part of those. We have our three libraries and the different literacy options and opportunities that they provide, as well as our mighty museum and historic sites. So we have a wide range of facilities, programs, and events throughout all of our uh, facilities in the the city. What is the Parks, Recreation, and Library Department's annual budget? 
Well, our overall budget is $45 million. However, two-thirds of that is made up of restricted funds. Now, what do I mean by restricted funds? They have a specified use. Examples of that would be our golf course and adventure club, for instance. All the dollars that are generated from those have to go back to pay for that service. They operate like a small business. If you were to get a specific gift card, as an example, you would have to use the gift card that you receive at the location that it was purchased from or purchased for. Our funds operate in a similar capacity in that they are limited in what they can do or what they can provide services for or what they can purchase. All of those are predefined. What portion of the Parks, Recreation, and Library Department's budget is discretionary, meaning that you have the ability to make the determination with council guidance as to where those dollars go as opposed to the restricted funds we just talked about? That portion of our budget is roughly $15.5 million. So those are the ones that are discretionary that we are able to prioritize highest and best use and leverage those dollars in the most efficient way. What kinds of services are funded with those discretionary dollars? Well, some examples would be our recreation programs that we offer. We offer a variety of those that are housed out of our facilities throughout town, such as the Roseville Aquatics Complex, the swimming lessons programs that we offer from youth to uh, adults. We have uh, our parks that we provide fantastic opportunities for people to go out and utilize. All of the maintenance dollars for those are come from our discretionary general fund dollars. Talk about our libraries. So the different libraries that we operate, those dollars are, are coming from that pool of money as well to allow us to buy books, to provide the programming that we do, to provide the technology that's in there. So really it's, it encompasses all three of those phases, if you will, libraries, parks, recreation, facilities, events, programs. It's a wide variety of things within that that we operate and do and try to prioritize those to give folks what they want and what they enjoy. Another example would be the Mighty Museum and folks might remember that or know that from all the field trips that occur there in the third, as part of the third and fourth grade curriculum uh, that the schools offer. So again, a very unique facility that provides a lot of opportunities for folks to experience 10,000-year-old petroglyphs and many, many other different unique sites. Can you describe some of the options of discretionary services that could be considered for budget cuts in the Parks, Recreation, and Library Department and what the impact of some of those cuts would be? Sure. Might start with the parks that we maintain. And a lot of the stuff that we do there is frequency-driven or frequency-based. How often will we mow the grass? How often will we pick up the trash? How often will we apply fertilizer? So when we talk about what we might be able to do for a service level reduction, we would look at the frequency with which we uh, applied certain tasks. Again, quite simply, as we reduce the task, the maintenance level goes down, the cost goes down. The flip side to that is the quality also of the plant goes down. The look of the park may have a different feel to it. So we're trying to find that, that balance there. So when we look at these service level reductions, those would be types of things we'd have to consider. Uh, another example of what we might look at for service level reductions would be, for instance, in parks, our playgrounds. Our playgrounds require maintenance and upkeep and at times replacement. If we had uh, a reduction in that area, we might look at the frequency with which we replaced, for instance, a slide. If a slide failed and needed to be replaced or repaired, if we reduced the dollars right from that particular item, we may remove the slide or we may board the slide up until we could get it repaired. So we would look at those and it might be how quickly we could respond to some of those types of things or some of those maintenance aspects on a playground. So uh, using that example, we always look at all of our playgrounds in totality to try to, and we have a playground replacement program, but there's always repairs that need to be made. Speaking of recreation, 
what we offer there is, is a variety of programs, a variety of events. So we could look at all of those and determine which ones are most valuable to the community and those that we might be able to eliminate or remove or offer in a different way. That would be an opportunity to reduce services. We do operate three libraries and provide a variety of programs and services out there. Also technology. Technology has been something that uh, continues to grow but also adds increase in price and expense for us to maintain and upkeep. So we could look at all of those as well in terms of how often we have things open, how often we provide a program, the frequency with which some of those things occur as well. Or during our current budget year, we, for instance, closed on Fridays. We basically reduced our hours. That's allowed us to close some of the budget gaps during our current year. As we move forward, that would be things that we could look at again. Do we reduce hours? Do we reduce some of the programs that we offer? Do we look at our technology and not replace it as quickly? Do we remove some of the technology? Different things like that we could uh, would be areas we could consider for service level reductions and how we provide the services. So, Dion, we've been talking about opportunities for budget cuts in parks, recreation, and library department and closing some funding challenges that we have. And as people look around town, they see parks being built in some neighborhoods. And in other neighborhoods, there's frustration that parks aren't finished, for example. How does parks, recreation, and library determine how to go about funding and finishing parks? How are those decisions made? That's a great question, Megan. And first, I would start with what I would call our general fund uh, supported parks or the parks that would need to be built and require general fund dollars for the maintenance. And we have several of those within our system right now. And it sounds like that's the distinguishing point is where the funding comes from. That absolutely is correct. We look at the funding source for the maintenance and that's really what's driving us now. There's been a conscious choice to not build any additional parks that require general fund dollars for maintenance. Folks may think that, well, Dion, I see parks being built in other areas. That's absolutely right. Those have dedicated funding sources to cover the maintenance and do not impact the general fund. So that's really the distinguishing factor that we would look at right now as to do we build a park or do we not build a park. If it has an impact on the general fund, the general fund is not in a spot or a position right now to be able to handle that extra pressure. So we've consciously said we're not going to do that. However, where we have a dedicated funding source, those would be the parks we would look at to potentially build. And those dedicated funding sources come from assessments in districts that those residents near the park pay for. Is that correct? That's correct. There's special assessment districts. And within those, uh, the neighbors, if you will, that make that up, they determine what they want as authorized services. And in some of those, they have a park maintenance as an authorized service. So when that's the case, that gives us the ability to go in and build a park and then utilize that funding source to pay for the maintenance. Two parks that we get a lot of questions about are Harry Crab Park and Central Park. They're citywide parks that there is enough funding collected to pay for the next phase of the park, yet the next phase hasn't been started yet. And it's causing a lot of frustration in certain areas. And so can you talk about why that hasn't been done? Certainly. Uh, both of those parks that you mentioned, uh, roughly seven acres in each park has been developed. They're 20-acre parcels each. So those were completed a while ago on the first phase. So we do have the dollars available to build the next phase of the park, but you're absolutely right. The difference is, is the funding source for maintenance. It requires the general fund to contribute 
the maintenance uh, costs or the maintenance expenses to be borne by the general fund. So we've consciously made a decision not to build any more of those parks or develop any more of the acreage in those parks until we can identify uh, a funding source for maintenance. As we're looking at budget cuts, the last thing we want to do is be adding new pressures to the general fund. Absolutely correct. So as we went through these and prioritized, that's something that we have looked at internally. And from that, just as you said it, Megan, we don't want to add any additional pressure. That was a conscious choice by us to not do those. We understand it's not popular. We know folks would like to see them build. We would love to be able to build those. But just right now, we don't have the dollars available to maintain it. And some people would tell you when you look, you know, when you buy a new car, it's great to have a new fancy car, but if you can't put the gas in it and you can't pay for the maintenance, probably maybe you shouldn't buy it. And that's kind of the approach we've taken on this. All tough choices. Thank you, Dion. We've been talking to Dion Louthen, Roseville's Park Recreation and Libraries Director. There are several other ways to connect to your city. We have multiple accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Nextdoor. We also have free electronic newsletters on different topics, including job openings, public safety news, city events, and more. Go to roseville.ca.us slash connect to sign up. And to learn more and get involved in the Engage Roseville effort, go to engageroseville.com. Register for our FlashVote surveys at flashvote.com slash RSVL. Again, I'm Megan McPherson. Thanks for listening.